the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's Lifeline with Craig Roberts. He's the host of Northern California's longest-running conservative talk show. He's a man with a message, a conservative with compassion. He's Lifeline's own Craig Roberts. Good afternoon, Northern California. Welcome. Just about five minutes after the hour, 5 p.m., as we welcome you to another edition of Lifeline. Keeping you company Monday through Friday at this time, as we typically do, addressing issues that impact your life, your world, and your Christian walk. You are driving home, no doubt, lots of hustle and bustle and traffic all around you at the moment, but I want you to kind of focus for a moment, if you would. Picture your most idyllic spot to escape to. Maybe it's a small mountain cabin overlooking sun-kissed lake by summer and snow-capped mountains by winter. Perhaps a Spanish-style home with red-tile roof looking out onto the Great Plains with wild horses roaming about. Yours could be a waterfront view from a private beach surrounded by seagulls, waterfowl of every description, and the occasional passing fisherman. Now imagine for a moment such a spot, not just a getaway or a dream spot that you would hope to someday visit, if not read about, but rather a place you call home. Susan Walters calls such a place home, and we find out why inside the pages of a new book called At the End of the Ferry. Susan, welcome to the program. Thank you for having me. I must tell you, for most readers, no doubt, they look at your book and they begin to get drawn into the pages of your day-to-day life experience and must think, you know, this is either the fulfillment of a retirement dream or a lottery (laughs) winning. (laughs) Oh, it's just pretty special. You have spent your life as a professional writer. You were in the real estate world for quite a number of years. You've been in the hustle and bustle of, of big towns with big yes. names that we would all recognize. Yes. And now you've been able to kind of unplug from all of that and in many respects, not just see nature for what it is, but I think at the same token, see God for who he is in all of this. And I have to wonder, as, as your story tonight unfolds, first and foremost, people think about the quietness of the sea and watching the sunset and hearing the sound of the seagulls as they fly in and out and, and whatnot and have to wonder, well, wait a minute now, how in the madness of this day and age that we live in do you unplug from the clutter of the internet, cell phone, text messages, and 55-inch widescreen TVs? Is this really possible? <laughs> It really is possible, and it's truly a dream come true for me, and I was a big city girl for a long time, and we live in a small town. We still do big city things and have responsibilities, and it's a smell, a noise, a sound. It's really touching nature, and like you said, getting in touch and being still and being closer to to the Lord. It's very, very special. Your book, At the End of the Ferry, really walks us through day-to-day life in your home that has, in so many respects, almost served as a magnifying glass 
to the wonder of the simplicity of life. What's that experience like on a day-to-day basis? It is truly a joy, you know, when you have not for 17 years, 17 summers, I had not gone barefoot. You know, I mean, you know, you get, like you said, into the hustle and bustle of life. And it's nice to take your eyes off of the computer screen and just focus on what's outside and just the random acts of, I would say, random and deliberate acts of the Lord and what he shows you through nature and wildlife and gardens and just a small northwest town. Give us a snapshot if you can. You're you're up there in the Pacific Northwest, Puget Sound area for those that might be familiar. Maybe some people have had an opportunity to, to head up and visit the San Juan Islands. It's a spectacular part of the upper portion of the west coast of the United States. Mm-hmm. But your, your little hamlet there, tell us a bit about it. Paint the picture. Well, it is um, 90 feet of waterfront on the Puget Sound, and it is... Woodlands Garden and just nature. I mean, we even had a bear in our yard, but you know, I mean, we're close to town, but you get the wildlife and the nature. And we have eagles and they eat off of a stump in our yard. And we have surprises every day. It's calming, it's peaceful. It's also wildlife. I mean, there's there's some wild things happening, too. So um, it's just fun taking in the oysters, the clams, the salmon. You know, we cook what we grow. We can get clams right off our beach. And it's just really a special, special place. Your place and the experiences that you share inside the pages of At the End of the Ferry strike me as as being celebratory of the the finer things in life, uh, being surprised by God, as you say, in so many delightful ways. And I, for the benefit of listeners, there are paragraphs where Susan talks about what happens when a seagull lands on your porch. Now, for most suburbanites, Susan, we wouldn't know it if a bus crashed through the living room. <laughs> and yet you were able to stop for a moment, freeze a snapshot in time and stop. And I would imagine just look at the wonder of the behavior. And I have to think for a moment, as you're surrounded by all of this beauty of God's creation, how can you but not stop and say, wow, God, what a wonderful, awesome God you are. It truly does make you be in awe. Just to be still and pay attention and have seeing eyes and touching, I feel very, very fortunate. I highly recommend people, wherever they live, just get in tune to what's what's out there around them. It could be a yellow jacket that falls asleep in a foxglove, you know. Um, it could be a chipmunk, you know, the tree trunk traffic. It's a joy to just pay attention to. I just think these are gifts from God to us. Has this been a life-changing experience in the sense that getting away from the hustle and bustle of the noise and the traffic and being able to, again, realize that the big traffic jam is that the squirrel had to stop to <laughs> let the snakes slither by, and it took all of 10 minutes to transpire. I mean, I, I realize not all of us can have kind of the on-golden pond experience. I, I remember that one scene, you probably recall if you saw the film with Henry Fonda and, and Catherine Hepburn when she talks about the color lilies are in bloom again. Such a wonderful opportunity. Was this kind of a life-changing experience for you then? It was. It was It was an absolute dream of mine. We had vacationed up here for years and years. Sometimes I would cry when we had to go home because 
because I just, I loved it. I just saw so much that just spoke to my soul. I would say it definitely changed me in that I wasn't a high profile job. I still had to work and make a living and I still hit the wall on some things. I mean, even though I got to live in this small Northwest town, but it definitely made me a more peaceful person, definitely brought me closer to the Lord. And I treasure this experience in this world. I just feel very, very fortunate and blessed. If you've just joined our conversation, Susan Walters with us tonight. We're talking about her delightful new book called At the End of the Ferry. It's an opportunity to really kind of escape from the madness and get reconnected with the simpler, finer things in life. And in many ways to recognize that even as we often in day-to-day living as we're heading to and from work and stopping the kids off at uh, soccer practice, going by and picking up uh, groceries at Safeway or Costco and getting home and paying the bills and the water heater is leaking in the garage and, you know, all of that stuff that we go through that at the end of the day, sometimes we need to make an intentional decision to disconnect from that. Step away, as Susan suggests. Maybe walk out into the backyard and just contemplate for a moment the honeybee busying its work around the blossom of a tree and recognizing the interdependence that those two have with each other, that the tree does not bring forth fruit, save the pollinization job done by the honeybee, and that, in a sense, the life is of, of that fruit tree is dependent upon the honeybee as much as we, oftentimes not aware of God's presence, but nevertheless must depend on his presence for very life itself, our very breath every single day. To pause for a moment and ponder the wonder of the ability to inhale and exhale and the joy that that brings. All inside the pages of this new book, and we're going to talk more about life at the end of the ferry with Susan Walters as this edition of Lifeline continues. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. Truth be told, I could just sit and listen to that for the balance of my life and never complain. Susan Walters getting just such an experience detailed inside the pages of At the End of the Ferry. The book, by the way, is available on the web. You can check it out at christianreading.com forward slash S Walters, W-A-L-T-E-R-S. Or you can order the book by calling toll free 866-909-2665. That's 866 866-909- 2665. As we move back to your story, Susan, I would imagine there must be times when there's this sense of God sort of through nature vigorously shouting, I'm here, I made all this, and I love you. Do you feel like that at times? <laughs> Absolutely. It's pretty incredible. And it's hard to describe, but you, you know it in your heart and you would never want to give it up. And by the way, Craig, I have your constant comment ready with two lumps of sugar and some lemon. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be right there. <laughs> it is definitely showing me how God is omnipresent. He's there. He's there. He's in nature. It gives you a peacefulness, and it allows you to be still and know that He is God. It's um, really, really a treasure. 
When you walk out on your front porch and you're surveying, kind of taking in everything around you, do you have time, Susan, when you wonder, how can an atheist be an atheist? And I ask that question because you you look at all of this, and and to me, in so many ways, it shouts God's glory and God's presence. Absolutely. We had a butterfly bush and never had one of those before, and the, the spider ate the butterfly. You see these things and you say, this just can't happen, just man didn't do this, you know, and it's really more than you can comprehend, and sometimes I don't have the words for it, but that's why I journaled it. I thought, I have to tell this story. Every day I have to write down, because every day the Lord is showing me something that is so spectacular and so miraculous, and that only he could do, and it's definitely brought me closer to him. What about the town, too? I would imagine as much as this has been kind of a life-changing experience for you to turn off the, the din of the madness and allow God to have his way. Are people different, too? Do you see it affected in the lives of people around you oh, as well? absolutely. And they love to talk about nature. They love to talk about wildlife. If they saw a great blue heron nest or they saw an osprey get kicked out of a nest because the eagle wanted it, you know, they'll, they talk about nature. They talk about wildlife. It's just very common. It's just very casual. Um, the people, no, no, you're not going to tell me people do things like bake cookies and rolls and drink them <laughs> piping hot over to your house, are you? Absolutely. You know, very giving, very into each other and neighborly, and they bring me bouquets of flowers they grew in their garden, you know. I bake um, homemade cinnamon rolls, and the neighbors know about those, and they know about my granola chocolate chip cookies, and we um, share things, or blueberries, or raspberries, you know, when it's the season, we take them to each other, and it is a fun small town. It's special people. It's um, Santa Claus rides on the fire truck through the neighborhood and throws candy at the kids, you know, <laughs> at Christmas time, and it has a lot of uh, very, very special things. It must do a lot in terms of renewing your sense of hope for this country, too. Yeah, it does. It definitely does. It's uh, people care about each other. You know, these people care. They get involved. They're not out in the boonies or anything like that. I mean, we're a half-hour ferry boat ride from Seattle, so we're right near the city. They know their neighbors. We get together as neighbors. We'll have um, dinners where we go one house to the other, and we care about what's going on in the world, and we care about what's going on in our town. Kind of see this this circle happening here where you get away from the madness, the outdoor grows bigger, and as it does so, it ends up amplifying the voice of God. Now you get closer in your relationship with Him, and then after a season, the outdoor gets smaller, and friends and people and the things in life that really matter get bigger, do they? It's definitely about values. It's definitely about loving your neighbor as yourself. To treasure one another and care about one another, and then then you care about the bigger picture, too. So many of the chapters, and I'll mention to listeners, this is an easy read. It's a delightful read. It's one of those reads where you pick it up over the cup of coffee or tea or two or three. Uh, you, <laughs> you really fly through page by page, put it down, and then set it aside for a day or two and then come back and say, you know, I need to get away again. And you pick up the book and you start and every chapter at least
lead you into something new. I've read the book through, and then in preparation for our conversation today, started to go through it again. And I was struck mm-hmm. you talking there one point. I think it's somewhere along the month of August or, or September. It's it's getting into the fall season, and you talk about a squirrel. And I thought, <laughs> what an escape for those of us in the big city, where the biggest thief in the neighborhood doesn't have a rap sheet a mile high, but rather, in your case, has a, a pile of acorns a mile high, you know? <laughs> this squirrel actually took the tomatoes I was growing and dried them up on our rooftop, you know, to eat them. You know, so, you know I, I don't know. It's it's just fun seeing uh, nature do its thing. It is a mental vacation, definitely. And in fact, an attorney friend from Seattle told me that it's really kind of caused him to just, you know, stop and pay more attention to what's going on you know, around. And, and but, when friends and family come in from the big town, Seattle, to visit, are they astonished after a, a while there at your home, Susan, that, that flowers have names? <laughs> Well, they really do have names. I mean, that that came from the nursery with that name, you know. I mean, they love to come here. Even my brother and my four nephews and nieces and his wife live in Seattle, and they love to come over here. It's a different world. It is a slower world. It's a beautiful world. I get calls from North Carolina relatives and friends from Tennessee from asking to come visit, and they love it. It's it's refreshing. It's very special. I feel very, very blessed. I, just hearing you describe it, I, I can smell mulling spices and the apple cider on the stove. <laughs> You're right. And you and you replaced that stove, I understand. I understand you had a little visit from the fire department, the old uh, <laughs> yeah. oil stove finally uh, finally gave up the ghost, so to speak. You still have, you know, you, you, you talked about water heater leaking, things like that. You know, you still have real life things happen. And yeah, the fire department came and that old stove had to go. Your heating system up here, by the way, is really special, you know, wood burning or little pot belly stoves. One of the things men that have read my book like is the story about the egg man that we go to an egg ranch to get our eggs and a lot of people sell things honey. So we go to their house and get our honey or we go, of course, farmer's markets, which you guys have down there too. But this egg man, he lives down this windy road past two ponds and it's always something exciting in those ponds, Siberian snow geese or waterfowl. or Today I, I saw, I couldn't tell if it was a coyote or a fox actually, but this egg man and he's got an old refrigerator refrigerator and outbuilding and its functions is just an old refrigerator and we just go help ourselves and and we went down there and we got our eggs and the dormer window of this old brick house opened up upstairs and I see this man in his plaid pajamas leaning out the window and he said are there any eggs are we out of eggs and we said no we got them and he kind of laughed I think he went back to bed and we didn't realize it was before six in the morning I had been writing all morning early morning and night and didn't realize the time it was and we we just have experiences like that. Well, the fact that you can inter- interact with people in that kind of a fashion, you know, kind of pays tribute to to an older and simpler time in America, a time that most of us thought had kind of slipped through our fingers like the, the sands going through the hourglass. And yet, what a delight and relief to know that, that places like this still exist, and they still exist here in America. And people like Susan Walters are able to write about those experiences and share them then with all of us. And, and I think in many respects, beyond just 
Susan, your reflection of life on the Puget Sound and and the ability to hear and see God in in so many ways maybe is not so obvious to the person in the you know uh, traffic lines, smog clogged city streets that we have in in the urban areas. It's been for you, I would imagine, an opportunity to almost kind of evangelize the word that God is still alive and well, and His creation all about us shouts His glory. Absolutely. Definitely a simpler life and definitely values that I think that loving him and loving our neighbors ourselves that's the greatest command and we're, we're really able to do that and people see it. Katie who wrote on the back of my book is a young woman I've been mentoring and she it's really you know changed her life. She knew the Lord but she really wants to walk closer with him and she's got three little boys and she's she's a actually meteorologist in Phoenix, Arizona and it definitely has an impact. It does. It overflows. It definitely overflows. That's my hope that the book will bring joy to people, help them to see that even in the tough times and there are tough times right now in the economy and people are losing their homes and things and that it will really bring them closer to the Lord and um help them to see what what's really valuable. And you know, as you point out, uh, oftentimes the, the greatness of the wonder of God's love for us is not in the castles built by man, but might be as simple as stepping out in the backyard and looking at the interaction between uh, you know the bee and the tree, as I mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. and just be able to witness God's love for us firsthand in things that we oftentimes look right past, don't we? Absolutely. Just the peacefulness of mind and soul. And I I know in quietness and confidence shall be your strength is one of my favorite verses. And I just think um, to have a quiet and peaceable life is very rich. And it doesn't have to be money or riches. And it can be a pot of petunias on your little patio. For all of us that would like to be able to get away and to reconnect with God, I think this in, in very simple ways accomplishes that. The book again is called At the End of the Ferry. And you can get more information about ordering it by calling 866-909-2665. Again, 866-909-2665 or online, as I say, at christianreading.com forward slash S. Walters. Now. Many in the audience will know your husband, and I'm, and I'm fearful to let the cat out of the bag only because the phone will be ringing off the hook with reservation requests. <laughs> so uh, we sure appreciate, though, Susan, you taking some time to uh, share your story and your experiences with our listeners here tonight in Northern California, and most delightfully to, in a sense, uh, open your heart and your lives and your home and the bounty of God's created world there in the Pacific Northwest uh, inside the new book. And I just urge folks, you're looking to get away? Boy, here's an easy way to do it uh, that'll get you away and get you back to God at the end of the ferry. And Susan Walters, thanks so much for the time, Susan. Thank you, Craig, so much. Take care. Always a delight. Take care now. And again, I remind you, the book newly published by Zulon. You can get it online at christianreading.com forward slash S. Walters at the end of the ferry. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. Well, you know, every year during the 1st of January, so often many of us will look to resolutions. We'll promise ourselves everything from trying to get more exercise, to lose weight, to perhaps uh, be more dutiful at being involved in ministry at church, spending more time with our wife, our kids. All of these things which are certain key and important to life. But when you think about the big questions about life, one of the big questions perhaps that most of us struggle at one point 
point or another to try to gain an answer to, and that is understanding specifically what God wants of us, through us, and in our lives. Essentially, trying to understand what is His will for my life. As we enter in this new season of new beginnings here in the typical January, learning how to reach your full potential for God. Certainly no stranger to the KFAX listeners. He is the host of In Touch, heard weekday afternoons at 4 p.m. here on KFAX. And pleased to have with us today, Dr. Charles Stanley. And uh, Pastor, great to have you on the program. Well, delighted to be with you, Craig. You know, we think about, again, New Year's and new beginnings and resolutions and so forth. I can't imagine any bigger question than most of us can ask ourselves. And maybe it's one that we ask not only at the beginning of, of a new year, but at certain uh, key marks in life, be it uh, when we get married, when we retire, when we find a new job, when we perhaps are going to become a parent. And that is struggling to answer this question, learn more about what God wants of us and how to fully reach our potential for God. Well, what he wants above everything else in our life is a personal, intimate relationship with himself. Everything else he can do. But that is something we have to yield to with him. And when you think about all the ways that he works in our life, ultimately, that's his will. And so he's willing because that's his purpose and his will. He's willing to do whatever's necessary in our life to enable us to develop that relationship. And when that relationship is right, everything else is gonna get right because the truth is, every aspect of our life flows out of and is influenced and impacted by a personal relationship with Him. So when somebody says, well, I don't know the will of God for my life, you can know, because if He has a will, He certainly isn't gonna keep it a secret. He's willing to show us if we're willing to submit ourselves And I think a lot of people want to know the will of God in order to consider it not to do it, and God doesn't play those kind of games. And you know, and it's interesting, I think about um, so many of us that as we came to Christ, if uh, perhaps a friend or a loved one uh, shared the gospel message with us, so one of the, the four key steps to salvation, understanding that God has a plan for our life, and of course, that goes beyond simply the relationship and coming to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ and walking in fellowship with Him, but then ultimately into what it is that He wants to do in us and and through us, and I found it interesting in some of your opening remarks to this Thomas Nelson book, Reach Your Full Potential for God, Never, Never Settle for Less Than His Best. You talk about the fact that God impressed upon your heart that to understand fully what God wants to do in us and through us, you have to approach this at the get go with a clean heart, a clear mind, and a balanced schedule. I have to tell you, those three items alone caught my attention. Well, that's the way it is. And I woke up one morning about three o'clock and out of a dead sleep. And it's like the Lord said, do you want to reach your full potential for your life? And I said, well, sure. And so I thought I didn't know what was going on, but I pulled out a pad and a pen I keep by my bed. And so as I began to just be quiet and listen, the Lord just laid out all seven of those points uh, to me very clearly. And when you think about it, uh, I, I thought, well, now, uh, am I sure this is of God? And I looked at him again and again, and I thought, yes, because this is the way he thinks. First of all, a clean heart and a clear mind. In other words, and a balanced schedule, that is, that he has the proper time that he needs to work in our life. And if my, if my, heart's, not, if my heart's not clean, my mind is not going to really be clear. And I'm not going to operate in my life 
on his schedule. And when we're not operating on his schedule, we can't do our best and we won't do our best. So, so much of this really reaching our full potential in the Lord, whatever that might be, and certainly it, it's different for all of us. God gives and grants to each and every one of us different skills, talents, abilities, and, and goals. But in order to fully reach that, we really have to be walking in uh, the fullness of his fellowship then, don't we? That, that this needs to be an intimate kind of relationship with the Lord that can't be something that's just sort of approached uh, casually. Absolutely. And this is why I said in the very beginning, our personal intimate relationship with him impacts everything. When that's right, I'm, I'm going to have a clear mind about his will for my life. I'm going to understand his schedule for my life. I'm going to have right relationships. I'm going to be willing to take risks for him. And things will fall in place. And it doesn't mean that everything is going to be easy, but it means that no matter what I face, I'm going to come through it. I'm going to come through it successfully because in order to do that, you've got to submit yourself to the will of God. And submitting yourself to the will of God isn't always easy because I think a lot of people are afraid to do that. They think, well, I want to do the will of God, but suppose he asked me to do this. Or suppose he asked me to do that. Because he's a God of love, he's only going to require us what is best for us. And my unwillingness to do what he says is because I don't trust him to love me enough to just choose the best. I would imagine in your many, many years in pulpit ministry and as pastor, uh, this question has been brought before you time and time again, this question. Well, pastor, I just don't understand what is God's will for my life. And I would suspect then that part of this answer for a lot of people that struggle with that is the notion that they're fearful. Well, gee, you know, if I really pursue God, what if God asked me to become a missionary on the foreign mission field or or do something that I don't really feel cut out to do? Does God do things like that? I mean, is he is he of the character that he's going to surprise us and, and call us to do something that we're neither inclined to do or even equipped to do? There are some things he's going to do that's going to surprise us, all right. But they're coming from the perspective that, that God's motivation is judgment and punishment and testing me and trying me when God's motivation is love. Now, if he wants to send somebody to the mission field, that isn't God doing something bad for them. That's God giving them an opportunity. But it always goes back to what is my attitude toward God. In other words, do I see him as a heavenly father who loves me, who has saved me, who wants to show me his will, provide my needs, test me, try me, yes, but all of that to grow me up and become the person he wants me to be. And those periods of testing and trial are for our good. And it's interesting. I've always thought the passage of Scripture where we're reminded that God will give us the desires of our heart, but in another passage, that we are encouraged to keep our mind and our heart focused on him. And so if we put him first in life, and he is the central, he is uh, our our heart's desire, so to speak, uh, that as he comes to fulfill those desires in the end, this will be something that will not only give glory to his name, but also much delight to us. And I guess in the end, when we talk about determining what he wants for us and discovering and reaching our full potential for him, uh, in the end becomes not only a delight for the Lord, but a delight unto us as well. And when he says, if we delight ourselves in him, I think most folks don't realize that he must be central in our life. That if I'm delighting myself in him, then my decisions are going to be based always on this. What's pleasing to God? 
what is his will in this situation what would he have me to do not what do I want to do and then want to make him fit my plan well, what do you say then pastor to the person who says but pastor Stanley you don't understand I'm so average I'm plain there's nothing really special about me I, I don't have the ability of, of, of great oratory skills to get on the radio or up in the pulpit and proclaim the word of God I, I don't have a degree in anything I'm, I'm just kind of an average Joe um, how could God ever possibly use me? I think many people have asked that question. Probably everybody who's ever accomplished anything has asked that at some point. But the issue is not uh, comparing ourselves with others. We think about what we have and don't have. Then we're comparing ourselves with others. The question is, what has God given me? And what is God able to do with what he has given me? And the truth is, we would say, well, God is does the impossible. But... Many people have problems with this because they have a poor self-image. Uh, they have uh, a poor uh, image of what they're capable of doing. They have lots of fears. They're, they're afraid to fail. They're afraid of what people are going to say, a criticism. And so a lot of that negative thinking is a result of their attitudes that have no real scriptural basis whatsoever. God wants the best, will provide the best. All he's looking for is submission to his will and let him decide what he wants to do with us. And, you know, so much of this comes back down to, I think, one of the central points when we talked earlier about a clean heart, clear mind, and a balanced schedule. That that word balance is so key to this. Uh, speaking to uh, Jim Dobson uh, on the occasion of his retirement from full-time ministry and looking back over the course of 30 years of ministry with focus on the family and, of course, the big question, could you ever ever have imagined in the 1970s when you began with one little radio station down in Southern California that this ministry would ever grow to the level and potential that it has to become now this international outreach? And of course, the response, you know, if I had known what this would have grown to, I would have been scared to death and too afraid to start it. I think sometimes we need to realize that it's good if we have a sense that we aren't fully capable, that we can't do it in and all of ourselves, because if we felt otherwise, then there would be in many levels no sense or no need for god absolutely and i think the spirit the spirit of, of inadequacy that is based on a true genuine understanding of who god is and his holiness is always healthy and once we step out of line with that sense of personal inadequacy uh, pride arrogance and everything else gets in the way and we're not going to be able to be used by god he's not going to use arrogance dr charles stanley my guest on this edition of lifeline reach your full potential for god never settle for less than his best published by thomas nelson we'll take a brief time out when we come back learning how to move beyond the settled for life as our conversation with dr charles stanley continues and now back to lifeline with craig roberts and welcome back to Lifeline, our conversation with Pastor Charles Stanley, host of In Touch Ministries. Of course, the program comes your way each weekday afternoon at 4 p.m. here on KFAX. And more information on the web at intouch.org. And it's interesting, Pastor Stanley, I think for so many of us, as we go through certain 
high water marks in life, and this might be times of uh, perhaps a marriage or a divorce or death of a spouse, a loss of a job or retiring or even becoming a new parent. Uh, these times and occasions when we struggle with the question of what does God want from us? What does he want of us? How can we reach our full potential? And then sometimes I think, unfortunately, we get we get discouraged, we get bogged down by the challenges and obstacles of life, and we end up settling for less than his very best. How can we how can we move past that settled for kind of life? What we have to do, one of the first things is this, and that is to recognize who we are from God's perspective. We are one of his children created in his image to bring him glory and honor, and he's promised that he will be with us, enable us, encourage us, provide for us, no matter what in every circumstance. And when I think about how many people can quote Romans 8:28, that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love him, to those who call the code to his purpose, oftentimes people will quote that, but they don't believe it about themselves. Mm. And they are willing to settle for far less because for a number of reasons. Sometimes, as we said, they're fear of failure. Sometimes they're just lazy. They're not willing to pay the price. They're not willing to submit themselves to the Lord's way and His will in their life. And so they settle for less than that. Then they become very angry oftentimes or very discouraged and and always want to blame it on somebody else. We have to take responsibility for our life and recognize that God is very involved in our life and that whatever our needs are, He will supply if we submit to His will and do it His way. I would imagine one of the big um, big obstacles to achieving that sense of, of full potential and enjoying that, that inner drive and that enthusiasm for life and, and what you do in and through the Lord is the roadblock of being unwilling to surrender fully to Him, would you think? Absolutely. I do believe that that is the major issue. And that one willingness to surrender is either selfishness from our part, we want our way, or fear of what God may require of us. And oftentimes, people will head in that direction and then just begin to doubt. And they give up and just say, well, I can't do it, or who am I, as we said a few moments ago, what can I do, what has God done for me? Every person has gifts, every person has talents and abilities. Some people are willing to employ them and take the risk of failure or criticism, and some people are just not willing to do it. We talked a moment ago about some of those important life junctures, uh, and I think perhaps there are some of those high watermark points in life when it's it's always healthy to um, sort of take account of where we're at, not only in our relationship with Christ, our relationship with our children, our spouse, and to make sure that we're indeed on track for for the plan that He has for us. You know, we're, we're told in Scripture that that He's begun a good work in us, that He will complete that uh, through our days. But I, I think it's important, perhaps, as we hit some of those important timelines in life, whether we're, we're beginning out in a new marriage, maybe we've just gone through uh, pain of divorce through no fault of our own, and now we're struggling with that. Maybe we've lost a spouse. Is it important, Pastor Stanley, at those moments to sit down and kind of take a fresh account of not only where we're at in our relationship with him, but also to not only make sure we're on track for what he wants for us and wants to do through us, but also maybe to ask the question, maybe God wants to take us in a a different direction with new goals at those junctures? I think you're absolutely correct. And 
because there are situations and circumstances where we have to make changes. We have to make changes about the way we think, changes about our schedule, changes, for example, about our, our, what we think is his will and purpose and plan for our life. And those times are very, very important because so often a person's life takes a turn uh, for the good or maybe not for the good as a result of maybe just ignoring the seriousness of the situation and leaving God out, making decisions on the basis of what seems to be right or wrong or what's the easiest way out. Very important, not only in critical junctures like that, but the truth is every day when we awaken in the morning, we ought to be saying, now, Lord, show me your will for my life today. Make me sensitive about the people I meet. Help me to be perceptive about the things that are going on around me. And show me your will for this day, step by step. And when we're willing to do that, he's there. He's there to enable us, no matter what we're going through. And then finally, I'm wondering, Pastor Stanley, about measurement of performance. You know, uh, many of us in the workplace, uh, we will have a semi-annual or annual meetings with our immediate supervisor who will take a look at things like uh, our attendance record, how we interact with fellow employees, deal with customers and clients and things of this sort, and then help evaluate us. And we'll note the areas where we are excelling or or achieving our goals and outstanding performance, uh, areas where maybe we're just satisfactory, other areas where Perhaps our performance is unsatisfactory. How do we go about ascertaining whether or not we're really hitting the mark when it comes to serving God and achieving the goals and plans that he has for our life? I think so often many of us will try to compare where we're at against other people and say, well, gee, you know, I'm I'm just a pastor of a small church and I only have 75 members in my congregation. So God must be dissatisfied with me because, gee, the pastor up the block has got 800 members. How do we go about ascertaining whether or not we're actually on track for what God's will is for our life? First of all, is my heart clean? Am I thinking scripture? Am I thinking clearly? What about my schedule? What, how am I spending my time? And am I using it uh, wisely or am I wasting time? What about my relationships? How very important they are in my life. And as a person goes down each one of these, Uh, It gives them a time to think through where they are in life. And I think this has to happen many, many times in life, not just at the critical junctures, but I can think in my own life, oftentimes, right before God has uh, given me some instruction about something, uh, to make a change, I, I would have this feeling... I just need to give some time to the Lord and get in His Word and be quiet and mm-hmm. say, Lord, I want you to examine my heart. I want you to show me if there's some area here that you want to change. And if there is an area of change, and most of the time there is something going on, then He's going to show us what it is. And He's not going to show us judgmentally, but He's going to show us to encourage us and to remind us that the change that needs to take place he will enable us to do it. In that way, we keep progressing in life no matter what. And, and this strikes me that it takes us back full circle to one of those key points that you talked about in the beginning of our conversation. Uh, this sense of a clean heart, a clean mind, a balanced schedule, and the willingness to surrender. You know, sometimes we'll go before the Lord at one of these critical junctures, or just when it's time to, to sort of refresh and renew and, and check in with God, so to speak, to make sure that we're on track.
track. The willingness to say, Lord, I'm going to surrender to you and I'm going to seek your face and your answers for where I'm headed next. And I might have some thoughts and desires in my own heart to understand that I need to surrender even that. And sometimes if we if we say before the Lord, gee, God, will you do this for me or take me in this direction, that if God gives you a no answer, that that's still an answer. That's exactly right, because his no answers are answers for our protection and for our guidance and for our good. No's are not always bad. Again, reach your full potential for God. Never settle for less than his best by Thomas Nelson. And the book, again, available at bookstores. In touch with Pastor Charles Stanley each weekday afternoon at 4 p.m. here on KFAX. And more information about both the book and Pastor Stanley's ministry on the web at intouch.org. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.